Hello, I'm Jordan Martin, and this is a Network Collective Short Take. As a networker, you would have likely had to have been living under a rock to not have heard about the major BHP hijack that happened this week, uh, which ended up resulting in a sizable portion of the internet traffic being forwarded to a Western Pennsylvania steel giant. So today I have Nick Baraglio joining me to discuss some of the things that went wrong that allowed this to happen, some of the response to the hijacking, and to share some of his thoughts about a tool that was in use that got the whole ball rolling. Hey, Nick, thanks for joining me to chat about this today. Um, before we get started, I guess we probably should talk a little bit about what actually happened uh, to kind of set the stage for the rest of our, our conversation. So Allegheny Technologies, uh, it's a steel manufacturer in Pennsylvania, has at least two upstream ISPs that they connect to. We now know them to be Verizon and the uh, small regional ISP DQE Communications. Verizon and DQE being service providers, they have you know, full copies of the uh, internet routing table in their network. And apparently Allegheny was either getting a full table or some subset of it from DQE and accidentally advertised the routes it learned from DQE to Verizon. So that's like the base of the problem. Now, typically this wouldn't be a huge deal. Verizon already has the entirety of the internet table in their routers. And it's unlikely they would uh, choose one of their customers on their edge as a valid transit path for those routes uh, when it has received those routes from a number of other peering ISPs. Um, how this went sideways though, is that the routes that Allegheny sent weren't the same, they were more specific. So DQE was using a BGP optimization tool that took large supernets of addresses, broke them into smaller allocations for traffic engineering purposes. And those routes should have never been advertised outside their network, but they were. So when Allegheny learned those, they passed them to uh, Verizon. Routers do what they do. They realized they had a more specific path via the steel company. Um, and the more specific path always wins. So it took them a bit to get it all sorted out, but there really were a number of missteps here. The first being uh, DQE leaking routes from a BGP optimization tool to a customer. That really shouldn't ever happen. The second being Allegheny not configuring their routers in such a way as to not become transit between their two providers. And the third being that Verizon should have implemented ingress route filtering, IRR, RPKI, or all of the above, uh, which would have detected and discarded routes that it knew were invalid. So it took all three of these misconfigurations to make this problem possible. Uh, does that sound like a good summary, Nick? Yeah, that's pretty much spot on. All right. So I want to I want to start with something because I, I asked you on specifically because we were having some conversation in the member slack and you had some pretty strong um, opinions about this BGP optimization tool. And so I'd like to, I'd like just to understand more about it. It's not a tool that I've worked with before. Uh, the specific tool has been named, but I guess there's a couple of platforms that do this. Um, so we can speak about it generically. We don't have to like, you know, name and shame. But the idea is, you know, what is this actually doing and, and, and what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, imagine that I have some strong opinions about something. <laughs> That's so, a good thing. Yeah. So basically, a lot of these tools, what they do is, um, and there's a number of them, and, and, and I'll preface this by saying, you know, that this is a tool to solve a specific problem that's particularly hard to deal with in very certain or, very, you know, in, in specific scenarios where, you know, transit's hard to get or it's prohibitively expensive or whatever. So you use these tools and what they do is they break apart um, valid routes and they can shift them around based on a number of different criteria. Like this route has uh, a longer around trip time, right? So I'm going to make it less desirable by making more specific routes, more desirable internally. Where it really starts to break down it is um, in the perfect storm of events that you mentioned there, which 
sadly seems to be be uh, happening more and more often, um, where you know you have no ingress filtering on a transit provider of any kind. You know, even even uh, setting a maximum prefix limit would have potentially solved at least some of the impact, or at least softened it. Um, you have misconfigurations originating from somewhere on the customer side. Doesn't really matter where. But in this particular instance, it's 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 notably bad because um, they're more specific routes, as you mentioned. So they're going to be more desirable. And my my issue with that is that um, you know you're you're basically falsely generating routes with these tools. Um, and and when these in, when this perfect storm of events happens, and if you go through like the BGP Mon uh, blog, even there's a a handful of events within very recent timeline where this has been the exact scenario. A BGP optimizer leaks routes uh, that are invalid, more specific, and they essentially hijack big swaths of the internet. Right. I mean, this is one of the tools that, you know, you know, uh, at least larger organizations are using to do their own traffic engineering on the Internet. They'll, they'll send out a, a, a more specific prefix out of their primary data center and a larger, less specific prefix out of a backup data center for the purposes of kind of, you know, forcing their will on the rest of the Internet. It's kind of the only real tool we have to ensure ingress path selection into an, you know, into a, a non-transit entity. Um and so and it's, it's interesting to see this in use inside of like uh, service providers for, the, for, the, for their own route manipulation, right? Kind of taking it just another step, another step further. And it's not just service providers, right? These things exist, you know, inside of, you know, any organization that runs BGP with more than one link, right? You uh, have a use for a BGP optimizer. So um, it's just interesting to see the use cases there. It seems like it's playing with fire. I think you actually use that analogy. I think that it seems like it's a great tool, but like all powerful tools, um, there's a significant risk that comes along uh, with using it that if you don't absolutely keep it under control, there's a, there's a risk of impacting other people. And that's what we see. And like you said, it's been happening more regularly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, where I've seen these deployed the most is in small, um, small ISPs where transit's hard to get. They're maybe remote. And, you know, so they're trying to squeeze the most out of their upstreams as they possibly can and make them as balanced as they possibly can. But the way I see this and enterprises also do the same thing. Right. It's 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 much more widely used in places where um, transit's cost prohibitive, like DIA is just hard to get or direct right. Internet access. The the uh, the real problem, though, is like you said, you're trying to control the ingress traffic. Now, if you you guys actually have done history of networking uh, a couple of times where there's been talk of, you know, BGP manipulation, there are mechanisms for doing this. Right. You know, community support for prepending and other things in the upstream filtering your routes that you're installing and, and, and things like that you know, can help you sort of TE traffic engineer the, tra the traffic over your, over your links. What these tools feel like to me are a bandaid over like not having the resources to really learn the protocol, right? You get a box, you put it in and it kind of gives you the leverage that you don't have, you know, a year or two years to sit down and really dig deep into the internals of BGP or you don't need to, right? Because you touch it twice a year. And so, 
that's a double-edged sword, like you said. And I did use the fire analogy. You know, they're very much playing with fire because you cannot expect these routes will never be leaked, right? You're generating uh, invalid routes for resources that you don't have authoritative, authoritative rights to. The expectation that they will be leaked at some point is non-zero, right? So in my opinion, it shouldn't be done because we've demonstrated repeatedly and over every major ISP that we don't have consistent inbound filtering. Right. And I want to get a bit further. You, you had said that it's, you know, it's for eking out every bit of performance. And I agree with that. And you kind of insinuated that it's, it's a lack of deep understanding of the protocol, maybe. And I would still think that when you think about, you know, so much of our traffic's becoming so centralized. Uh, you know, how much of our traffic goes to AWS? How much of it goes to major colos? How much of it goes to wherever, where these routes are very, very consolidated and we're actually hitting very, very large blocks. It's hard, right, to to take those and load balance those against providers because you're going to have a very large path, maybe like a slash 13 or a slash 12 or something that's going, you know, to a specific provider um, with, you know, 800,000 customers or whatever that are using IPs in that block. And how do you load balance that unless you have equal cost, you know, um, multipath going on, which is not an internet thing that's going on. So like, that's not, that's not a really practical way. And so, I mean, this tool I think does extend the protocol a bit. I understand the appeal to it, but like, like you've stated, it's just, there's a high level of risk associated with it. Yeah. And and I'm not, I'm not disparaging (laughs) use of any of these things, right. You know, it's, it's a tool that solves a fairly hard, problem, right? You know, it gives people a, a, an opportunity to do some things that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do otherwise, even if they did have a deep understanding of the protocol, right? And I'm not, I'm also not advocating that everyone go out and spend two years just understanding every data structure in BGP, right? That's unrealistic. <laughs> right. Um, but <laughs> it is something that should be, you should be very mindful of. If you're going to use one, you should validate that your upstream providers are filtering appropriately, uh, that you are announcing only what you think you're announcing and maybe have a, a device in the middle that's actually guaranteeing that with policy that doesn't change. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that you, we just, we really need to get better about internet filtering. Right. If you use, if you use BGP optimization, you should be taking multiple steps to ensure that you're not going to be, you know, um, the bad faith neighborhood, you know, neighbor in the blocks that's going to end up uh, impacting everybody else. Uh, I want to move the conversation for just a second because Cloudflare had a response. um, And the response was rather specific. Now, they were one of the companies that was most affected by this. I won't even say that they're most because I know Amazon was affected by a number of others, but they certainly were the most vocal. Um, And they really didn't pull any punches. I mean, they they pointed the finger squarely at Verizon for being the primary organization at fault. And I think being the, the, the largest AS uh, and the one who received the routes, uh, there's there's definitely some some accuracy there. Um, and they kind of pointed it at, at three um, different technologies that Verizon should have been doing. And I kind of want to um, and I kind of just want to step through those um, step through this quickly. So the first thing they said is that you should be doing ingress route filtering. So this is going to be, you know, max prefix or defining specifically whitelisting the amount of prefixes that come in. I mean, this is pretty standard you know, BGP configuration protocol, especially at service providers, because if you have an edge that sends one route, I mean, this is a really, really, you know, easy way to make sure that you don't get, you know, whatever, 700,000 or whatever it is up to now. Yeah, it's <laughs> very easy to automate nowadays. There's tools like BGP Q3, 
that will literally build you the config based on whatever platform you tell it that you can either automate in or cut and paste. And a handful of the big providers are actually moving to that. Um, there is a caveat to that, but I'll, I'll go into that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the second thing they, they mentioned that, you know, Verizon isn't doing that they should be doing is like uh, a route registry uh, based filtering. And, and my take on this is this is a little bit more uh, challenging. I mean, route, route registry is obviously something that's been around for quite some time. It's not, it's not a new concept, so people should be able to use it at this point. But the, uh, the concern here is that there aren't, <laughs> there's no real source of truth, right? I mean, we've got a couple of primary ones and a bunch of other scattered ones, and they're all based off of the information that they collect. So they're somewhat easy to manipulate, and nobody really likes giving up that information. And so, like, just over time, it's just proven to not be a very effective tool. So I know uh, a route, you know, registry server is going to be just a, a, a listing of who can originate, you know, which, uh, which ASs can originate which routes. And basically, if, you know, if a route is coming from a different source AS, um, we're going to drop it. Uh, the other problem here is what happens to prefixes that don't <laughs> that haven't registered, do you drop them just because they haven't registered? Like there, there's a reason why this is a challenging problem. There's a reason why uh, route registries aren't universally used. And even if they are used, they're not universally used to drop all unknown traffic. They really just drop traffic that is registered um, that ends up being sourced from a different source. And so when you think about that, and I, I asked this to, to, to you, Nick, before we were on the show, because I didn't really know. And that was like, how do these BGB automator optimizers generate routes? Do they generate a new AS path showing, you know, the, the local AS as the originator, or do they copy the AS from the source supernet? And I think the answer is it could do either, right? Yeah, and the answer is it depends like everything with IT, right? <laughs> right. And so if you're copying the, the AS path for your more specific routes, you know, route registry filtering wouldn't have done anything here because the source AS is still the correct source AS. It just happens to, you know, have been made more specific. And so those type of manipulations are, are, are dangerous. Um, and the other thing that they mentioned was our, our RPKI, uh, which same sort of idea with validating uh, origination ASs, but using certificates rather than uh, a, a trust dat database is it's a bit more secure, but you have the same problem. You know, what do you do with traffic that comes from an AS that doesn't have uh, a certificate associated with it? Well, you can't drop it because, you know, there's going to be lots of those in the implementation timeframe. And then, you know, again, what happens to or, uh, routes like this that have the correct AS as the, the originator, they just happen to be more specific. So I, I felt like Cloudflare's response was a little bit more uh, holier than thou, uh, just because now they're absolutely right on the first point, And that is that, you know, ingress route filtering, you know, should absolutely be done. Was Verizon at fault for not having it? Absolutely. They needed to have it in that place. You know, my assumption is that some junior engineer somewhere stood this up because their job was literally to stand up BGP with, you know, you know, every potential customer that comes in and they set it up and this filter got missed, right? Like you said, the automated system wasn't in place or whatever. And that th this was a mistake on this particular customer and it just stacked up, you know, the mistake was probably made a while ago or maybe it was made recently. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's one of those things. And, and I don't know about you, but I've made plenty of mistakes on the network. So I'm, I'm hesitant to start pointing at fingers at people when they make one mistake that may, uh, that may have been that now I don't live in the, in the search provider world. So maybe I'm being a bit too generous to them. <laughs> There's a lot of people who seem to think that they, that they deserve the wrath that, uh, that Cloudflare was, uh, was pushing. Well, uh, I think, 
you know, to a certain extent, sure, they were wrong. But just like I tell my kids, like blame solves no problems, right? I would have much rather seen some kind of a, hey, we'll help you kind of response. Like we're all in this together because the, the DFZ, the default free zone is a shared resource that we all have to curate, right? It's not one person's responsibility. It's all of our responsibilities. And so that response, while technically correct, you know, it wouldn't have been the way I responded, right? I would have right. responded by, <laughs> hey, what resources do we have that we can make available to you that will make this easier in the long run and maybe prevent it from happening again? That's what I would have preferred to see. Because like you said, we all make mistakes. I have leaked the global table more than one time. I will. <laughs> so is you. <laughs> I, I'll tell that you one what, time I, back in. how you get your senior network engineer card is you yeah. leak the global table to an upstream. Luckily, my upstreams did appropriate filtering. I've also had the global table leak to me many, many times. And again, filtering saves the day. So it's, it's, you know, it's a minimal overhead to put some of these defaults in. And now there's some RFCs that, you know, are, are in place uh, for vendors to utilize that basically are, if you turn up a BGP peer, it's no longer default accept. If there's no policy applied, it's default deny. Um, So, I mean, we're, we're trying but it's very much a community effort. Right. And I think that really comes down to the heart of it, right? Is that we're, we're trying to solve security on a, or we're trying to add security to a protocol that wasn't designed with security in mind, right? So BGP, when it was designed, was simply about exchanging routes with people who wanted to exchange routes with you. And it was something where we believed we could trust the endpoint. Um, regardless of who the endpoint was. And that's great when there's five or 10 endpoints and you know the people on the other end of that ASN. Uh, it gets way harder when you're, you know, 65,000 plus ASNs, right? And anybody can advertise anything and it's, it's a much larger entity now and everyone's like, oh no, we need to protect this. And then you look at all the schemes and it's like, well, it becomes really, really hard to do that because all these solutions are great. I mean, we have RPKI, we have route registries, we have BGPSEC, we have all kinds of things that have been, you know, attempts at, at, at making progress on securing BGP and making sure these hijacks don't happen. But the reality is, is that you either need all of them implemented at once or else they're not all that effective or they have, you know, high overhead from a processing perspective. You know, we no longer can have a flag day on the internet where we just say tomorrow, everyone turns on BGP sec. It doesn't work that way. And so, you know, all these solutions are going to have, are going to have limitations. And so I agree that, you know, naming and shaming because somebody didn't do the best practices. I think it's easy to pick on Verizon because someone would expect that someone that large um, should at least be doing the basics. Uh, and, and I agree with that. Someone that large should be doing the basics, but then to call them out for not doing some of the, some of the newer stuff, there's, there's good reason why people aren't doing a lot of the newer stuff because it's not perfect and it's not, you know, what it needs to be yet. I think it's a good place. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, if you'd like a deeper dive on the perils of securing BGP and understanding uh, why we haven't done it yet, we did an excellent episode with Jeff Houston about the state of BGP security. I'll make sure to put a link of that into the show notes of this episode. Uh, I'd also like to remind you to check out the Network Collector membership. Um, being a Network Collector member comes with a number of benefits, like exclusive content, uh, QAs with leading networkers, and an amazing Slack focused exclusively on network engineering, where we talk about things like BGP hijacking. Uh, you can find out more information at the Network collective.com slash join so uh thanks again nick for for coming on and chatting with me about this and uh we'll see everyone next time